your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and the Odyssey app. Doing so does not cost you a single penny and ensures you never miss another episode. Before we kick off tonight's podcast, I do want to shout out one of our other great podcasts because you need more hockey news and Locked On NHL is here to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening in the NHL. Subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories and game recaps. Follow and subscribe to Locked On NHL today wherever you get your favorite podcasts. On tonight's show, there were a couple of topics of interest. There were some free agent signings, one of which is relevant to the Jets. I'll talk about those in a little bit. And then I kind of want to talk about long-term, the future of the Jets, and what I kind of want to see with this team. You know, I've talked about their offseason, but of course, when it comes to Winnipeg, I think oftentimes this team has to look very far ahead into the future, because with the Jets, you know, they've always been a little bit budget-conscious. They want to build a long-term contending core, but in a lot of ways, I want to take a look at whether or not that's been a successful vision, and if so, what have they done well? But if they're struggling, what areas do they still need to work on? I think Winnipeg is a very complicated situation in a lot of ways because they don't often attract free agents. And when it comes to you know drafting a lot of prospects, there can be a bit of a divide in how the team wants to ice certain kinds of prospects and maybe put other players in, in positions where they think they can be relatively sheltered. But before we talk about Winnipeg's future and their current execution on their vision, let's first talk about some of the free agents that have been signed, starting off with a, uh, a nice little Kevin Fiala contract where he settled for one year at $5.1 million with Minnesota. And if you look at that term and the price tag, you basically know that Fiala is most likely walking to free agency next year. It's not super shocking. I think everyone knows that Kevin's a great winger. Ever since he moved to Minnesota, his career kind of got that jump start that it's desperately needed. I'm sure Minnesota's kind of upset about having to deal with a contract like this because, you know, this is one of those situations where they were hoping to get him locked up long-term, but Fiala is looking for a dollar amount that they just don't feel comfortable with. And in some ways, I can understand it, but with the Wild, I also sort of look at that forward core, and I'm like, if you lose Kevin Fiala, you're going to be running out of options very quickly. I know that Fiala is kind of expensive, but if you can't get him locked up long-term, I don't know if trading him in the uh, in the trade deadline area, if they're kind of out of a playoff spot, makes the most sense. Should that be the case, I think the Jets need to be very much in on Fiala. I like him. I think he's a great goal scorer. He's also a very gifted playmaker and often drives a lot of shot uh, differentials and stuff positively in favor of whatever team he's on. So for the Jets, I, I would highly recommend taking a look at him. I think in terms of talent and skill level, you're not going to find many players who can do what Kevin can. But I can also appreciate the fact that Fiala is a little bit expensive and will come with um, a very short-term gain, relatively speaking. So the Jets will have to be in a good quality competitive position because if you're going to be trading away like a higher-end pick for a rental, right, you want to make sure that you're in a good competitive spot. And with the Jets, I honestly don't know what's going to happen with them next season. I think they're in a good position to compete, and I think the rest of the West, for the most part, 
doesn't really scare me. You know, Vegas is maybe a, a little bit on the decline. They're still a very good team, but maybe not as dangerous as they used to be. And then you've got Colorado, who's also very good. But if you start to pressure Colorado in very specific areas, eventually you will break through. They're a team that has very specific tactical, I, I would say, weaknesses in their roster construction and on their on-eye strategy because they try to compensate for it in other areas. They understand that in certain parts they can't really defend. And so, you know, there is, is a situation where for the Jets, there's an opportunity here to potentially move a little bit higher in the division. And if that's the case, I, I think they do need to go shopping at the deadline if they have the cap space to do it. Fiala is kind of, for me, one of those prime targets, especially if Minnesota is out of contention because Kevin is really gifted. I've been a fan of his for many years, including when he was in Nashville. I'm, I'm glad to see him like getting back on the scoreboard and proving to coaches that he does deserve to be playing. But we'll see what the team wants to do with him long term because I think they're also trying to get Kirill Kapitazov back in the fold. I don't think Kapitazov is actually coming back, though, not at least for one year. It sounds like Kapitasov signed a contract overseas for one season, which is interesting, and it does sound like it's like an eight-figure deal. So, you know, I'm, I'm curious to know what they do with uh, Kapitasov long-term because there are some signs that maybe locking him up for like eight years or something isn't really a great idea, but it's hard to turn away from like a fan-favorite player already. So Kapitasov and Fiala, interesting situations. Um, we actually had another player who at one point was a, a semi-heralded prospect, and this is Alexander Nylander, although Alex has always kind of been on the downswing of things when compared to his brother, and he has extended for one season uh, around $900,000 with the Chicago Blackhawks. Now, Nylander doesn't really move the needle. You know, comparing him to someone like Fiala or even his own brother, you can sort of get the sense that Alex very much fell short of what he was at one point thought to be. I think the expectations for Alex were always a little bit overkill. You know, for a, a third or a fourth line winger with some scoring upside, very limited, mind you, but it, it does exist. I feel like 875k is certainly all right. I think the Hawks probably enjoy having him. I, I'm kind of surprised that he did resign there because with everything that's happening in Chicago and, and certainly the Brad Aldrich case, I don't know that I would want to be associated with that organization. You know, I, I would be looking for an exit ticket, which it kind of sounds like Duncan Keith was when he punched his ticket for Edmonton. So, yeah, I'm a little bit surprised. Maybe Nylander just felt like he wasn't getting a contract anywhere else. But either way, he's uh, he's coming back to their organization. If I were him, though, I would uh, I would be looking for a way out. They actually did pick up another winger in Mackenzie Entwistle, signing for two years at $1.6 million. I feel like I've heard of Entwistle's name somewhere, but if you ask me specifically who he is, I really couldn't tell you. It does say that he has signed an extension, so my guess is he was one of their, uh, probably like a bottom six forward, if he was even called up, or more than likely an AHLer. To be fair, most of Chicago's roster is probably at the AHL level right now, so maybe he'll actually get NHL minutes this year. We'll take a look at a couple more free agent signings, some of which are a little bit larger than the others, including a specific Jets one that I think is worth pointing out in just a moment. Before then, I thought you should hear a little bit about why BetOnline.ag needs to be the only place you do your online betting. In the wild, wild west of online bets, you need to know that there's a safe, reliable name that you can trust every single time. That's why you should look no further than BetOnline. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, NFL, UFC, MMA, and every sport in between. No matter what you're into, BetOnline has your back. Before that next pitch or face-off, head on over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up for bonuses, and scout all the contests for your next win. 
Stop sitting on the sidelines as all of your favorite teams begin their playoff quests for glory. Win as your favorite teams win. To get started, go to betonline.ag and register for a free account, and be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a matched 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that is promo code LOCKEDON at registration to receive a matched welcome bonus when you make your very first deposit at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are taking a look at some free agent signings, a few of which might actually hold some implications for the Jets, and then we're going to talk about Winnipeg's future uh, later in the episode, specifically what I want to see from this team long-term and what I think their their approach is going to be over the next couple of seasons. But let's talk about the present with some free agents. Before we get to the Jets, let's talk about a Nashville signing, which I think is an interesting one. Yusa Saros has re-signed for four years at $5 million per season. Now, Saros for the Preds, he's had a little bit of an up-and-down career. I personally really like him. I think he's one of the more mobile, athletic, and very skilled goalies out there. But in terms of what his on-ice product has been like, you know, it's a bit of a mixed bag. Now, I don't know if I can really argue against his performance because I haven't tracked him enough. I, I haven't really done a lot of research. The most I remember of him until his recent rough patch was that he was a very highly touted young goalie, a little bit undersized, but extremely fast, very good on his edges, and found really unique ways to shut down some very difficult shooting angles. So I like Saros a lot. This contract extension, though, is very interesting to me. It's it's termed at a decent chunk of time, right? Like it's through a decent amount of Saros's prime because Yusuf is not super young anymore. He is in his early to mid 20s. So at this stage, your career is getting towards your late 20s or maybe even closer to 30 at the end of this kind of contract. And I don't know if Saros is, is really the kind of goalie that Nashville wants to commit with long term. This deal kind of sounds like they're a little bit worried that towards the middle or maybe even the end, that deal is not going to look as great. If, in fact, he is as as good as they hope he is, he will be their long-term starter. And, of course, that kind of contract price is very fair for a starting goalie, especially one who has the potential to be as good as Saros has been in the past. I think it's a, a little bit of a gamble, but it's not like signing Shishterkin to such a large deal for the New York Rangers, where they were kind of gambling that a very small sample size was going to materialize into a little bit more of a substantial um, sample size with similar results. I don't know that Saros is going to be that kind of risk. I just think that Yusa at this stage of his career, you know, you're going to get maybe like 1B performance from him. They don't really have like an elite franchise netminder, even though at one point Saros was thought to be that kind of prospect. I think Yusa is still very good, but I'm pretty sure the Preds have like a really high-end goaltending prospect somewhere in their pipeline, and this is sort of their way of maybe stop gapping the goalie position until their prospect is ready to actually get um, pro-level ice time, especially at the NHL level. So, you know, I don't hate the deal. It's an interesting one. I hope he's not good against the Jets because that would be very unfortunate, but we will find out in just a couple months. Um, speaking of the Jets, they actually have signed a couple of free agents, some of them being their their prospects that they've drafted. The most surprising one has to be Dmitry Kuzman signing for three years, which I, I didn't really see coming. Oftentimes, the Jets have let some of these prospects overseas marinate, but Kuzman, they're trying to recruit for some reason. This kind of caught me off guard. They must really like him. You don't see the Jets taking one of their depth picks and immediately signing them right after the draft. I can't recall the last time that they did something like this, especially for like a third round prospect and beyond, right? You only see this kind of stuff if it's like a first or a second rounder, and even some of those guys haven't always been signed immediately. It's very interesting to me. They must see something in Kuzman that they really like, and they want to get him into North American ice as soon as possible. Um, I, I like Kuzman in certain areas. 
I haven't watched him extensively. I do know that he has a lot of very interesting offensive traits, and maybe they feel that at the AHL level, he might actually be able to hone his craft in a very chaotic environment that kind of suits his high offense sort of play. I'm curious to know if he'll actually come over, and if he does, I, I actually am pretty eager to see him. There's a lot to like about Kuzman's game from the bit of footage that I've seen, and he's certainly a very high-ceiling kind of player, but you do sort of expect a little bit of like a Sammy Nuka trajectory if if things don't quite work out on the defensive side of things. In less crazy news, Jonathan Kovacevic has extended for one more season at 750000 I actually like Johnny K quite a bit. I think he's a very stable top four AHL defender. I honestly think he does have more upside than just playing at the minor league level. I'd love to see him get a call up to the NHL at some point. I think if you were looking for like a, a Tucker Pullman replacement, Kovacevic checks off a lot of the same boxes. At the AHL level, I thought he was very active on the puck. He's got a really strong shot. His offensive instincts while in possession of the puck are very sharp. He's got some pretty good edge work and he's a, he's a strong, physical, tall player. But, you know, I do think he does have some blemishes when it comes to his defensive game. He's very industrious and hardworking, but I feel like, kind of like Pullman, you're looking at a player that you don't want to give a ton of responsibility and ice time to. Let him work on the power play and in softer, even strength minutes, but don't ask him to do something that's like, you know, top four or even top pairing duty. Keep his minutes regulated put him in a role that he'll thrive in, and I think Kovacevic could be a really nice value depth add to Winnipeg's blue line. I don't know if he'll actually get the call-up because I know that the blue line right now is very crowded, and Kovacevic probably hasn't done enough to prove that he does deserve to supplant somebody on either side of the uh, either side of the blue line. Would he be better than Logan Stanley? Maybe in certain areas. I do think he would be a stronger puck carrier and maybe a little bit more offensively attuned besides just like blasting the puck every two seconds. If Stanley wasn't so trigger happy, I think, you know, some of the complaints about Logan's offensive game wouldn't be as big of an issue, but Kovacevic seems to be a little bit more efficient and productive with the puck, so in my mind, I would have preferred to give him a shot at some point, but, you know, Logan worked very hard, he got his role, and it sounds like he's pretty happy and the Jets seem to enjoy him, so what can you do? It could be worse, right? Kuzman getting signed, though, I, I still am very interested in. I mean, it's not a move that I expected. You know, you've got Kovacevic, Samberg, Heinola, Kuzman, a, a couple of other guys in the pipelines. It's a very crowded blue line prospect pool, and I wonder if the Jets start moving some of these guys looking for high-end forward help. That's probably one of their objectives. I know that they were talking about it earlier in the offseason. If they chase some big fish... I'm okay with that, but I do think the Jets need to be careful and not bring in a player that's going to be a shorter-term option. If they're if they're trading for somebody big, I, I want it to be somebody that's going to be here as part of Winnipeg's present and future core. Speaking of Winnipeg's future core, I kind of wanted to spend a little bit of time in just a moment talking about what I think Winnipeg's long-term vision is and whether or not I think they've executed on their whole draft and develop model over the past couple of years. Before we go any further though, I thought you should hear about why rockauto.com is your one-stop shop for all your auto part needs. There are literally thousands and thousands of vehicles out there and it's really hard for auto parts stores to keep up stocking parts, accoutrements, and everything in between. You might stand in line for 15, 20, maybe even 30 minutes waiting for your chance to buy the part that you need and you find out they don't even have it in stock. If you want to save time and money, then just go to rockauto.com instead. They're a family-run business with over 20 years of experience in the automotive industry. Their easy-to-use intuitive website allows you to sort by make, year, and model of your vehicle and then set a price range filter so you always get the parts that you need at the prices you want. Whether you need a new engine control module or a floor mat replacement, rockauto.com is sure to have what you need in stock. And best of all, you could save anywhere from 20, 30, even 50% off retail brick-and-mortar in-store pricing. So why shop anywhere else? 
Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Are you someone who loves protein bars? Are you tired of all of your favorite protein bars tasting like ash and dirt? Maybe you're ready for a change. And as a fellow protein bar appreciator, I can tell you that Built Bar is your best alternative. It's the only protein bar that tastes more like a candy bar, with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. It comes in several delicious flavors like salted caramel, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, and so many other great flavors. Built Bar often releases very special, limited edition, limited quantity flavors that once they're gone, they're gone for good, so stay tuned to their social media platforms and their website to make sure you never miss another flavor. As delicious as Built Bars are, they're even better for you, with most bars clocking in at around 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, and 17 to 18 grams of protein. Built Bars are perfect for every lifestyle, whether you're looking to maintain or lose weight. Placing your order couldn't be easier. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Place your order today for the best tasting protein bar on the market. Hello friends and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are closing out tonight with some very brief thoughts on the Jets and, and whether I think that they have executed on their vision, especially for what they've talked about in terms of trying to build a long-term program, looking for, uh, I guess, a process that allows them to be competitive year in and year out, and whether or not I see this team taking the next step forward. So right now, I feel like the Jets have done a pretty okay job of, of at least being at the dance and at the table. But the problem with their whole process is that when you look at what they have said they wanted to do, which is you know, build a competitive core through the draft. Well, they did it at one point and a couple of years ago that that core was very good and you could actually supplement it with free agents and trades. But as guys have come and gone and the Jets have gotten older, it kind of seems like a lot of the star aspects of some of our younger players has faded a bit, right? You know, Cop is no longer a young early 20s player. He's kind of a savvy veteran at this stage of his career. Uh, you know, Kyle Connor is basically what he is, which is still a great goal scorer, but in terms of some of his other honest contributions, maybe not what you were hoping for. Shifley can still be an offensive force, but of course we know that his two-way game has definitely declined. I feel like the only player that I have been consistently happy with is Nikolai Ehlers. Everyone else has kind of gone through up and down stages, and for the most part it's been a little bit of a downward trend. I feel like Winnipeg's play driving ability and certainly the quality and consistency of the on-ice product has kind of gone a little bit downhill. Now, I say all that because that's sort of where the Jets are now, but I feel like with their off-season changes to the back end and some of the younger prospects that I think are actually going to make a, a really big impact, I feel like Winnipeg has started to turn it back around a little bit. I wouldn't say that I'm fully sold on Winnipeg's long-term future yet, but if you're talking about drafting to build a, a longer-term roster, I think the Jets have kind of gotten back to where they should be in terms of restocking the prospect pool, identifying some really underrated but super great skill sets, and swinging for the fences on their picks. You know, their last couple of drafts have seen some really high-end, high-ceiling players with incredible IQ, great shots, and some really all-out offensive ability. I love Chiprakov. I, I think Chaz Lucius is going to be great. I have time for Dimitri Kuzman. You know, of course, Vili Heinola is still waiting in the wings on the back end. Christian Veselainen will probably be some sort of NHLer, but I think, of course, the, the marquee piece that everyone wants to see this coming season is Cole Perfetti. I think my biggest challenge with this team is now that we're kind of at a transition point between those future young players and the rest of the Jets roster, I don't really know if it's it's the right time to fully push all your chips in 
or if you need to start thinking about a rebuild after a couple years. The Jets have already kind of made that decision. They're cashing all the chips in. I'm actually pretty okay with that, I think. You know, I feel like the Jets, if they're going to get competitive and make a run for it, this is probably one of their last big opportunities. But in a vacuum, if I had it over to do again, I sort of wonder if the Jets should have maybe sold off some of their assets and looked to start retooling again. And it's partly just because the the team isn't young anymore, and I think that that's the biggest challenge. There are going to be opportunities to get younger, and I think the Jets have some really bright prospects who are going to start filtering in over the next couple seasons, but until that point, the Jets are kind of in a difficult spot. On paper, they've got a really solid team right now that could make noise, but I think when you compare it against the Tampa Bay and some of the other top contenders, you realize the Jets are going to fall pretty short. But as long as Connor Hellebuck is still in his Vezina form, it may not matter as much. Once Hellebuck stops being really good, though, I think the Jets are going to have to think long and hard about what they want to do with the roster. It might be at that point that you start to think about kind of semi-blowing it up. If if Hellebuck is kind of out of his prime, you know, the Jets aren't going to be able to mask a lot of their issues. And instead of trying to cash all your chips in, it's probably the point at which you want to start walking away. I feel like Connor Hellebuck might not have that many great seasons left in terms of the kind of performance that we've been seeing. You know, it's it's tough to really predict, and certainly some goalies are, are able to stand the test of time. I hope Hellebuck is that kind of guy, but if we have two to three more years of this level of play from him, the Jets have got to take advantage while they still can and make some runs. I think they've put themselves in a much better position to do so now, but they have wasted a lot of time, and I kind of wonder if at some point that is going to come back to bite them. They've asked us to trust the process, and in some ways I think it's paid off, but there's still a lot of work to do, and I, I hope that Winnipeg is ready for this upcoming season and the years beyond, because they're not going to have many more chances to prove that they are a true top contender in the West and make a, a big Stanley Cup run. For now, though, I am sated with what they've done. I think I've I've been more satisfied recently than I have with the Jets' moves over the past couple of years. If nothing else, I think they're going to be a lot more entertaining, and as a hockey fan, that's probably all I ask for. I'd be curious to know how you feel about the Jets and their longer-term plans. Let me know what you think they're going to do at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For now, though, that is going to be it for tonight's episode. Before you log off, don't forget to check out our Locked on Bets podcast. Betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your favorite media. And as always, thanks for listening, have a great night, and go Jets go!